Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. praise him well we're going to be back in John chapter 5 today and we're going to be looking at verses about 30 starting in verse 30 uh, 1 and where Jesus gives us five witnesses five witnesses to who he is if you remember this whole book John wrote to say that, that Jesus is the Christ right that he said in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, These things have I written. What things is he talking about? These signs has he written that you might believe that he is the Christ and believe in you might have life in his name. So he wrote it that we might believe he was the Christ and that he was God in human flesh. And he wrote it especially that we might have life in his name. Because Jesus says in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but by me. The only way we're going to make it to heaven is through Jesus. What He did on that cross, He died for our sins and He died in our place. And when we ask Him to forgive us and save us based on that, that we can't earn it, can't deserve it, can't pay for it, but Jesus did it all. And on that basis, we ask Him to forgive us, trust Him, and he says, whoever believes in me shall be saved and have eternal life. So, John chapter 5, verse 31. And this section of Scripture, John has been talking about how Jesus was equal with God in power. He was equal with God in works. He was equal with God in authority. He even had the power to raise people from the dead. And all this conversation comes in that Jesus comes in after he heals the the guy by the pool, right? He heals the guy by the pool, does it deliberately on the Sabbath because the Pharisees get upset about that. So they first of all get mad with him because he healed the guy by the pool. And then they get mad because he says, I have been work my father's been working and I have been working up until now. And then it says they wanted to kill him the more so, not only because he did a work on the Sabbath, but also because he made himself equal with God. Jesus is going to come in and tell us that everything the Father does, he can do. And then he's going to give us five witnesses. Now, John loves this word witness. I just did a little search on the computer a couple of days ago out of the New Testament the word witness or testify or testimony is used about 136 times. Uh, John uses it 77 times in his books. First, second, third John, Revelation, and the book of the Gospel of John. Now, he also uses it about 47, I actually counted about 50 times yesterday afternoon 
that he uses it in this one book of John. And in this one section of Scripture, he uses that word 11 times. And Jesus is going to testify and he's going to use these witnesses. Now, we know what a witness is, right? A witness is somebody that saw something and they can tell about it. Now, a witness is somebody that goes to court or just said they saw it. We saw what happened this morning. And when we see what happened, we can tell what happens. And so, I want to read these few verses here. I want to read actually uh, through about verse 36 this morning. And we'll see how far we get. He says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. If you, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth, yet I do not re- receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness to me that the Father has sent me. We'll just talk about that section of Scripture first. First of all, Jesus says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Now, he's not saying he's a liar. That's not what he's saying. What he's basically saying is that if I say who I am and tell you who I am and he's been telling them and he's going to tell them some more and he's been showing them all the things that he does you know in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy I'm, I, you don't have to turn there but Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15 says one witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or sin that he commits by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established. The New American Standard Bible, I don't know if anybody has one, probably most of y'all have the old King James or the New King James Version, but in the marginal note it says that this should be understood as saying is missable as legal evidence. Now today, they take the witness of one person or they'll take DNA or they'll take whatever, but God wrote in His law a long time ago that a man should not be found guilty of an offense unless two or three witnesses establish it. Because what happens if you get one person? They can lie, right? Now what he's really saying here is first of all that, that, that it's not legally admissible because of what the Old Testament says. But he's also saying that, you, that you're not going to believe anyway. There's no sense really me testifying of myself because I've been talking to y'all and showing y'all and doing all kinds of things and you still don't believe me. Here's these Jewish authorities. They, they wouldn't believe Jesus. I mean, he tells them over and over again. I mean, he just got through telling them in verse 19 of this same chapter. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, that Son also does in like manner. You know, and he keeps telling them how he's equal in authority, he's equal in power, he's equal in works, 
He's equal in nature. In every way, Jesus is equal to God because He is God. The Bible says Jesus is God in human flesh. If you go all the way back to John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If we went to Colossians 1.16, it says that He is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews chapter 1 says that He's the exact image of the invisible God. That Jesus is God in human flesh. God came down to earth and what He did, just like we put our clothes on this morning, He put on human flesh. Jesus was never less than God, but He laid aside some of His abilities. He laid aside some of His things that He was able to do because He put on human flesh, right? He was unable to be everywhere at once, but He was confined to a body. He got tired. He, he got hungry. He got weary. He, he had all the things that a human being did except for one. The Bible says He was like us in every way, but He was without sin. The Bible says that Jesus is God in human flesh. And He's already been telling that. And they said that they had already wanted to kill Him because He made Himself equal with God. He basically says, you're not going to accept my testimony. My testimony is not legally admissible. But you know what's funny? Is when it comes down to the end of the book, when Jesus goes on trial, what happens? He, he tells them that He's God. And basically... They say, they rip their clothes and they say, because of what he said, you know, we're going to kill him. And so they take his testimony then because these people don't care about the truth. All they care about is their religious system. All they care about is that they stay in power. And all they care about is that their authority and their power is not threatened. But Jesus is a threat to them because He is powerful, He is mighty, and people are flocking to Him. And so then He says in verse 32, we're going to see the witness of the Father. There's two places we see the witness of the Father. We're going to see the witness of the Father in verse 32. And we're also going to see the witness of the Father in verse 37 and 38. But what He says here first is He says there is another who bears witness of me. And I know the witness which he witnesses of me is true. <laughs> and notice those words. He says, there is another who bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses, he uses that word witness three times in that one sentence. You want to make, he wants us to understand that the Father is testifying on behalf of the Son that he is who he is. Now, there's that word, there is another you remember in John fourteen sixteen, over there in John fourteen sixteen, I want to read that section just a second. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now he's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit coming, right? And that word another, I don't know the exact Greek word, I'm not a Greek scholar, I know just enough to be dangerous. 
If I told you I wanted another Bible using that same Greek word that, that Jesus used, you would have to give me a, a Bible exactly like this one. It would have to be wrinkled and messed up and everything would have to be exactly like it is. Every little bit of it would have to be the same. And that's what Jesus is saying. There's another one just like me who testifies of me. And he's probably talking about the Father or maybe even the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit testified of him when he was uh, being baptized. He came down in the like the form of a dove. He didn't. We always see in the pictures that it shows a dove, but it says he came down in like a dove, not in the shape of a dove. But the Holy Spirit came down and rested on him, and the Father spoke from heaven, and he testified of him. And everything that he did, we're going to see that in a minute, the works that he did. The witness of the Father is there, and he bears witness. Now look at verse 33. He says, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Notice he says in verse uh, 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Notice that word true. Verse 32, there is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Verse 33, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. So he's saying that these witnesses are not lying. John the Baptist, the whole reason he came was to testify about Jesus, right? I mean, in John chapter 1, verse 19, through that section, he goes on and he says, now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And the first thing he says, he says he confessed and did not deny, but he confessed that I am not the Christ. But then he goes on to say that, you know, he's the one that witnesses of him. That he's not worthy to untie his sandal or to tie his sandal. And then in verse 29 he says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We saw even over in chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, where Jesus is baptizing and excuse me, chapter three, and Jesus is baptizing. And he says, Look, I told you before, I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. Jesus is the one you're looking for. I'm just a messenger boy. John witnesses over and over and over again to the fact that Jesus is the Christ. Now, you know, John was a popular fella. Even though he was a strange fellow, right? I mean, he lived out in the desert. He wore a camel hair coat. Ate locust and honey. And he was about 18 miles out in the desert. But you know what? People were flocking to him to hear his testimony because he was speaking of Jesus and there was something about this man. And he goes out there. And if you go back to chapter 1... It says here in chapter 1 and uh, verse 19, the people asked him, Who are you, right? And look at verse 24. It says, Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, 
nor the prophet. And John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. And then later on he says in verse 34, he says, And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And so John is witnessing, testifying. And every time John says that, he says, I testify, I witness, I bear witness, I witness. Here he is, these people sent out to John to find out who he is, right? They sent out there, they said, who is this guy that you're talking about? Who are you? They wanted to know who he was because they thought he might be the Christ. But John says, no, I'm definitely not the Christ. I am not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. I'm none of those people. But I was sent to bear witness of the one who was coming. And that's what they said. You have sent to John. You, you thought John was a pretty important fella. You were worried about him being the Christ. And you sent out there to him to find out who he is. And he told you that I was the one that was coming. But look what he says in verse 34 back in John chapter 5. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. So what is he saying here? He's saying I do not need basically testimony from man because I'm God. I don't really need John's testimony. And John did testify who I was. But you know the whole reason John came? John came to, to tell people about Jesus. And he says here, but I say these things that you may be saved. I mean, that was the whole reason John the Baptist came was to tell folks about Jesus and to witness to who he was that people might be saved. That, that is the whole purpose of of this Bible, right? It, the whole purpose of the Bible is that people might be saved, that they might go to heaven. When we something happens and we pass out of this world or whatever happens, we, we're not here anymore, then we go to the right place. Because if we don't trust Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're not going to make it. Because John 3.18 is very clear. Jesus said... You know, whoever believes in me is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in me is condemned already because they would not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There's something in the human psyche that in our mental ability, our, our pride, our ego that makes us want to think that, that we can do something to get into heaven. I mean, if you look at TV and look all across the world, everybody is... All about ego. I mean, it's all about me and what I can do and who I am and what I've accomplished. And hey, it's great to accomplish stuff. God wants us to accomplish stuff. God wants us to do stuff in this life. But He wants us to realize that He's the source of all of our abilities. He's the source of everything that we can do. If I'm if I'm seven foot five and I can stuff a basketball, if I'm you know 280 pounds and six foot eight and I can run a football and I can play golf or whatever I can do, I can run a corporation. God's given me that ability. I might have worked it to hone my skills. 
I would have never been able to get to that level if God had not given me that ability. Right? Because some of us never got picked for picked on the for baseball or whatever sport people were playing or whatever team people were playing. We didn't get picked because people knew that we weren't real good with sports. Or we were real good. Maybe later in school we didn't get picked for the for the uh, intellectual team, the spelling team, or the whatever team, because we just never have been real good with that, right? I mean, some people love to read because God gave them the ability to read and they can read, and some people have a hard time with it and they don't like to read because they have a hard time. You know, God gave us all different abilities, and that's what He's saying here, is that God wanted all of us to be saved. But you can't be saved if you're standing on your ego. Because your ego is what will keep you from going to heaven. John the Baptist was a very popular man. But look what he says here. Verse 35, He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in His light. So he says He was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice in His light. See, Jesus is the light, right? But Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right? Jesus is the light. But John is not that light. He, he says that somewhere back in that chapter. I don't remember where it's at. But he, he says he's not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. It was John chapter 4, one, chapter 1 verse 4. He says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In verse 6 of chapter 1 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness to the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So basically John is not the light. He is the, he's basically a lamp. And the lamp is, is just a vehicle which gives off the light from another source, right? And what he says is Jesus is the light. In other words, he's the post, he's the source of the light, and and John's just the lamp. Basically what he says here, that John gets his light from Jesus. But notice what he also says. He says he's a burning and a shining lamp. So not only was he shining light, but guess what also he was doing? He was burning. And that means that he was on fire for God. That he was zealous for God. And he was very zealous in the way he told everybody about God, wasn't he? But you know what? It's sort of like moss. You know, they like the light, but they don't like the heat, do they? If they get too close to the heat, what happens? They die, right? And that's what happened with all these foes. He says he was a burning and shining light. You were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. They liked old John for a little while. But you know what? After they found out that he was against their religion, against their rules, their authority, because theirs was not a way that God ever said was the right way, once they felt the heat of his wrath in another book it says that John says first thing out of his mouth when he sees the Pharisees coming is you brood of vipers who warned you to come uh, warned you of the 
Jesus coming, he says, repent. You know, because Jesus is coming. And, and man, he's in these people's face. I mean, didn't he tell Herod? I mean, that's why he got locked up in prison. He told Herod, he said, man, he said, that woman you're living with, that's your brother's wife. You took her from her. She shouldn't be your wife. And, and Herod had, a, had him put in prison and then he had his head taken off because he told him the truth. And see, you know, we, we like to get close to the light. We like a little bit of warmth. But when it gets too hot, most people back off. And that's what's happening is, is John is witnessing to Jesus. And when they realize who He really is, what He really stands for, they won't have anything to do with Him. Because they realize that He doesn't like their system. He doesn't like who they are. And He's against everything they stand for. And so they rejoice for a little while. But then when they found out who He really was, they said, mm-mm, got to get rid of this guy because he's trouble. That's where we're going to stop today. You know, the bottom line is, is, is so far we've seen the witness of Jesus. Uh, we've seen the witness of the Father. Uh, and then we've seen the witness of John. And so today we want to sing number 24, A Child of the King. Let's sing number 24, A Child of the King. And the question is, is Jesus is the King? And are we a child of His? Because the only way we're going to make it to heaven is if we're a child of the King. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.